Welcome to The Edge with your boy, Micah Parsons, live on Bleacher Report app. And let's get right into our game with the Jets. I told y'all guys, we coming. Dallas Cowboys Nation, this defense is for real. Everything's clicking for us right now. You know, God willing, let's just keep it going, baby. We back, man. Doomsday. This is new generation defense. Yeah, I've been telling people, we coming. You know, and I, and I like how Prime did that and they selling that. But, you know, I'm just letting people know we coming too. And I love what's going on down in Colorado, what Prime's doing. So big ups to OG Prime, you know, who started this Dallas defense off back in the day. And we just kind of making our way and paving the way now, baby. So let's get right into it. It was good to see the Cowboys Nation at the opener. I said I need y'all to come out and show out and defend the land. And that's exactly what y'all did. Seeing y'all run out into the stadium like that, man. Oh, man, that was special. bro. I couldn't believe y'all did that for us, bro. That's how we set the standard. That's how we open it up, baby. And we had to make sure we did what we had to do for y'all. We put on the show. Listen, I see a lot of hate going on with Cowboys. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why the hate's going on, saying we haven't played nobody. But once again, those was both playoff-level teams. Zach Wilson was the same QB last year, mixing with a little bit of Mike White and guys like that. But uh, Daniel Jones, he was in the playoffs last year, upset the Vikings, went into the second round. So we can't say we didn't play anybody. And like I said, these are teams that we so-called said they upgraded. You know, New York Jets is a premier team, and we can't deny them, bro. Um, They just beat a great Buffalo team last week, and it was with the same guy, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson held them lead to beat Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, which is which is a fantastic team. So how can we say we haven't played anybody? Daniel Jones and them just came back down 21 on the Arizona Cardinals. Well, you could say they don't have Kyler Murray, but without Kyler Murray, I mean, there's still a team that was up, you know, 21 points on a playoff team. So I'm all about uh, what you have done versus what you're seeing right now. Um, Teams bounce back, teams face adversity. And like I said, we're in the National Football League, so – Anyone can get upset on any given day, man. If your team don't show up and play a complete game, guys, it leaves teams to hang around and play around. That's one thing I would say the Cowboys emphasized this year, and that's we don't want to play around with guys no more. We don't want to let guys come back. We want to bury them. We want to finish them. We want to kill them. We want to hunt all game, and we're going to keep coming. And that's what it's all about, baby. So, hey, let's start this off right here. I Yes, I did swap jerseys with my guy, Sauce Gardner. And let me tell you why. Sauce is a premier corner in this NFL. He came in young and hungry. He resembles, I would say he resembles me a lot in terms of mindset, uh, what he wants and what he wants to accomplish. Uh, A big Twitter guy too. So, you know, I thought it was a little crazy I deactivated his Twitter a little bit. But sometimes you just got to do that to lock in, focus on what you need to do, no social media. And that's kudos to him. At a young age, he knows what he wants and where he wants to go. So he said, man, I don't need this, bro. I need to lock in on my team and help my team get better. And he's showing true leadership as a young guy, which is also important. It's something I, I wanted to learn early on in my career. So kudos to Sauce. And, you know, I wish nothing the best for his career. And I can't wait to see him keep prospering, keep making all pros and pro bowls because he's on his way. Um, I want to see what people are saying with the crawl. There was something that someone hinted towards me, said we should go towards the death crawl, doomsday death crawl. But I need you guys' feedback. I need you guys to feed me names so that way we can start pushing out content, pushing out T-shirts of the lion crawl because it is a real thing. 
it's like it's like I'm possessed. Like my teammates laugh, but I feel possessed. Like I almost said, I, if I die today, I'd be reincarnated to a lion. Like it's just in me. Like I feel it. Like I just want to explode. Like I just rawr. Like you know, uh, a crazy thing that nobody knows. Sometimes I go in a around the uh, facility just growling at people. And people are like, yo, what is wrong? So I'm like, I feel like I'm hungry. Like I'm, like, times I get to game day, I'm already starving. They starved me all week. I just want to hunt. You know, there was a little bit of media clippings of me saying I was tackling a quarterback in practice. I was just so eager and so hungry that Dak just had to be the first victim. You know, we kind of laugh about it. And yes, I'm not supposed to do that. And yes, I am joking. I do not want to hurt my own quarterback, but sometimes I get too anti myself you know what I'm saying so um it, it was a good game though it was a good game though um I almost had a touchdown I do feel I have been robbed out of my touchdown I thought that was a touchdown I think we should change the rules a little bit on what it means of contact I don't think the offense alignment had no idea I had the ball I think it should be initial contact intent with contact then mark someone down um because he, I, my, what was it, my foot or my leg had barely touched his, and he had no idea I had the ball. So I believe that should have been a touchdown. He had no meaningful way of tackling me. You know, I think this needs to be talked about in the league. Like, look at it. He does. He's still sitting down, touching on one of our linemen. Like, come on, guys. Like, this should be a touchdown. Uh, you know, and it still was a great play, and, you know, Dalvin's still a great player, but I think I just had a better play right here. But you can see, like, he – Come on, guys. I need my touchdown. NFL, we have to do something about this. We can't keep robbing people. And these people need to have intentions of tagging someone down, not just leg touching or grabbing um, and so forth. Um, You know, uh, it it was a funny week this week uh, preparing for the Jets because you didn't know really how to – Prepare for these guys, like, you know, especially with Rodgers going down and we know how amazing uh, Rodgers' arm was. So, you know, I felt like uh, Coach Q schemed up a way for, you know, I think it was almost a way where I couldn't be prepared. I, I couldn't have been more prepared in terms of pass rush. You know, it, it got to the point they, they was triple teaming me at practice. And I said, what is going on here? And, you know, they trying to get me ready for the game, the anticipation. I'm getting angry. But, you know, how much those things make me so much better, putting us in them crazy situations. Um, even with the run game, I, we we emphasize on stopping a run, um, coming downhill and forcing them to pass and play our type of football. And uh, I would say everything executed and even heated up to, you know, some of the some young, early emotional outrage, you know. And as a young guy, when things aren't going your way, you tend to get very emotional. You tend to say, oh, it's the reason because of this. Listen, Brees, I, I get it, bro. You you are a great running back and you'll continue to be a great running back in the, in the NFL and you'll continue. But let's not try to uh, put it on the touches and things like that, bro. I think you're campaigning and. You had a hell of a game last week and things like that. But, you know, it's all about what's going on. I think uh, we set the tone earlier, winning the line of scrimmage. It comes a lot to it uh, more than just uh, him getting the ball. I thought we dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think our offensive line, they did a great job managing the clock, running the ball, um, getting the ball out. So we put them in the positions where they didn't want to give away a lot of clock, continue to run game. They had to get points on the board, and our offense was scoring. So it kind of took away their run effect. And that's just how the games go sometimes when uh, both sides of the ball are clicking at a, a high pace. So I wouldn't say um, it was necessarily – I don't think he could have changed – the the game outcome too far, but I definitely think he could have made a bigger impact 
than us, you know, eight or 16 yards, whatever they combined for uh, with the amount of carries he had. And just to continue this, man, I wish my guy Aaron Rodgers a speedy recovery. A uh, part of me does think that we will see Aaron Rodgers again uh, this year. The guy who performed his surgery is the best uh, doctor in the world, Dr. Neil Elitrosh. Um, But it's just going to see when we see him, who knows? Uh, I think the Jets will have to do a great job, almost the type of job that uh, we had to face last year when we lost Dak. Their defense has to click on all cylinders. Um, offense just has to take away uh, any type of turnovers that can come their way and just control the game. Um, we end up winning about four out of five games when we lost Dak Prescott, and when Dak came back, we started clicking again. But that's the type of terms and teams that, you know, Coach Salah has to keep on to their guys is uh, they got to play very disciplined football uh, if we want to see Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, and if Aaron Rodgers could come in by, uh, you know, January and February football and they have to carry it away. Uh, so that way he steps in, he's stepping in and giving them a chance to win the Super Bowl and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe face the Dallas Cowboys in Vegas then. So, you know, it, it's going to be cool to see. Um and, you know, I don't think the Jets should sign a free agent guy. Um, like I said, I think we tend to move on from guys too fast. You know, Zach, he's still learning. Um, and, you know, it. people don't realize that how hard it is to make it to the NFL. Don't forget, this is the 1%. And if you got drafted, you already are in the 1%. And he was a top three pick in the NFL draft. So obviously some tangibles, something is there in him. Uh, I just think we have to do a better job of, you know, boosting confidence. I think everyone needs someone to believe in them. Uh, at the end of the day, I think belief is what it's all about. Um, you know, when I came in, Dan Quinn, he told me, he's like, hey, Mike. Um, and, you know, believe it or not, I didn't talk to Dan Quinn not one time in pre-draft interviews. And uh, he kind of, uh, and a guy who did draft me is in Tampa right now, Coach Edwards. And, uh, you know, I just think from the very beginning, Dan spoke to me as like, hey, Mike, I don't need you to be a guy. I need you to be the guy. And I believe in you. So I'm going to throw this at you to see how you react to it. And I just kind of think the Jets need to do that same type of motivation as Zach and say, hey, we're not going to limit the game plan. We're not going to do this just because you're our quarterback. Um, you're our guy now, and we're going to put the ball in your court, and we need you and expect you to deliver this and see if Zach steps up to that challenge versus, you know, they're giving him small game plans because he's not Aaron Rodgers. Bijan is the real deal. Almost 200 yards rushing in your second game as a rookie, having guys fall over? Like, are we serious, Bijan? All right, if you wanted to wake everyone up, now that's the statement. The Packers defense is a top seven defense in the National Football League, and the fact that you were able to do that, man, that's showing us a lot, that you're here, and you're here to stay. And that actually brings up another topic of just the fact that People think that running backs shouldn't be a top 10 pick. And should we invest in running backs? Um, I would say now, do you think they win that game without B. John Robinson? Um, people, there was a lot of hate about um, Atlanta taking Kyle Pitts the year, uh, a, a couple years back, um, taking Kyle Pitts' fourth pick. Um, then they took Drake Lundgren. Now they just took Bijan. And the running back conversation, well, 
Bijan just showed y'all what he was capable of. And I think Jameer Gibbs is snapping out too, who was taken by the Lions. Um, these guys are real dudes. And I don't think just because of your position, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be valued. I think every player in this league should be valued about what they produce and how you affect your team. Um, just like Saquon Barkley, man, he he's a guy that I feel like should be paid in the manner of his value. Um I think he adds to that team in so many different ways. He's receptions, running the ball, um, even schemes, finding ways to make him a distraction to get other guys open, helping bringing his team back against Arizona before the, the sprained ankle. Um, get well soon, brother, but, you know, you're just showing your value and what you bring to this team, and we hope that you reap the benefits of it, not because of – you know, what you produce, but because of who you are as a leader and how what you do for the Giants organization. Um, he brings a lot to that team, and I don't think his position should overlook him at any matter. And, you know, and I and I say that about a lot of positions. I think a lot of positions are overlooked just because it's not valued in the sense of how people look at it. But I look at guys like Derwin James. He plays safety, but, I mean, he rushes. He plays in a box. He tackles. He covers. He does it all. Like, and... He should be more of a high, even though he's the highest paid safety, um, it should be another position that isn't overlooked. It's, uh, that's another position that's overlooked. Um, so I think we should uh, appreciate these guys and what they're doing because these are things we haven't seen before in the National Football League. And even there's a lot of talk with me. There's like, well, is he linebacker? Is he defensive? It doesn't matter. I think we should just appreciate guys who are impacting the game that we love and showing our hearts out and doing what they uh, do best. And that's just dominating. So let's not start looking at the fact of, oh, well, he plays this position and this position goes through injuries or this position doesn't last long. Why don't we pay these guys for their greatness and what they're doing for their team? Team. And if something happens, that's the game of football. That's what we all signed up. Freak accidents happen. Injuries happen. If no injuries happen, I'm pretty sure a lot of players that aren't playing anymore will be in the NFL. Like, look at Bo Jackson. I mean, he's one injury away from, you know, and he's still arguably a great running back, but he's one injury away from being could be or not the best ever. So let's not look at those things. It's football, man. Freak accidents happen. Y'all see it all the time. So let's not overlook these. And then we're going to talk about Joe Burrow and the Bengals and him re-aggravating his calf. Um, you know, it, it's hard, guys. Like, we're not going to sit here and act like adversity and teams don't happen. You know, um, look at the Bengals last year. They started their season off 0-2. Why are we panicking? I think the panic is that, you know, Joe Burrow might have rushed back because he wanted to show uh, guys that, you know, he can do this and he wanted to lead his team, especially uh, with the contract and things like that. But the key in this situation is you not you don't want to win September football, okay? You want to win uh, December and January football. And that's the last four games a year ahead in the playoffs. How does your team look? Um, this team started off on to last year and went into the AFC Championship game last year. So is there a reason to panic? No, you still have Jamar Chase. You still have T. Higgins. You still have Tyler Board. And once Joe Burrow gets fully healthy, Healthy, you're going to have the guy that you guys have been looking for. I see Joe. Okay, so do not panic, guys. Just let Joe Burrow get back to where he needs to be when he's escaping the pocket. When he feels good, he wants to run on his calf again. And he's placing the ball where he wants to do. Uh, people fail, fail to realize when Joe was extending plays instead of taking sacks, that's when he was most dominant. That's when he hurt the Chiefs the most. That's when he was the most dominant in what he was doing. So let's not panic, guys. Give Joe Burrow time to get back to himself, get to where he wants to go. And things are going to change. 
in the AFC North, you know, the Bengals are a top team. I, I don't think that it should be overlooked. This is a team that won the AFC North back-to-back times. So let's not panic, guys. And when you start off with two division rivals as your first two games, that's also very tough. And he also went against a guy who is a top five, top six, however you want a candidate quarterback, and that's Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar is the truth, and he's coming to tell y'all he's going to collect and earn every dollar he was given this offseason. Congratulations, Lamar. And he's letting the, putting the league on notice. They're starting out uh, with a great start. So let's not overlook this. I think... And his battles and who Joe lost to, he lost to a great Cleveland team and who has Deshaun Washington before all this stuff came out and whatever. Deshaun was a top 10 quarterback. And now he faces another top 10 quarterback and loses by three in a close battle. Uh, and, you know, with the Cavs. So let's not panic. Let's just focus on getting him better and uh, letting the Bengals get better and learning from those mistakes and not letting it collect and grow on them. And, you know, another thing is, uh, we saw Geno Smith and the Lions last week. Um, another great matchup. Uh, Geno, he had another, it was, what is it? It was going back and forth uh, with the sound by, uh, you know, hold on, I'm talking to America. Geno, I don't know why they keep getting you mic'd up, brother, but this is back-to-back week. Time to give you a break, bro. Like, come on, bro. Let Gino, give Gino a break, bro. That wasn't intentional grounding, by the way, which was a crazy call. Um, and, you know, it's kind of crazy that Chauncey Gardner's telling the uh, the Detroit Lions to all wear a ski mask. That kind of turned out to bite them after watching the Seahawks wear a blue ski mask after their upsetting win and comeback. So uh, we might want to take away them ski masks and just play football at this point in time. Um, because that right there, that had to, you got to get your lick back for sure. Um, and my reaction to that is, hey, that's how you go out and collect karma, baby. Hey, it's just the same way um, uh, Jamar Chase said with the L's, the same way they collecting them ski masks. That's what it's all about, baby, competition. And, you know, showing people what's up. And I think that was a big win for the Seattle Seahawks after coming off that upset uh, loss to the Rams. Um, so... Hey, congratulations, Seahawks. Hey, way to fight back, bounce back, because that's what it's really all about. Speaking of talking trash, Tyreek Hill said the Patriot fans have some of the worst fans in the world. Um, I've only ever played the Patriots one time in, in my career. And even in New England, it was rough. Even the refs was rough. I, I, you know, I think New England has a long history of some very shaky behavior in the NFL. And it starts with some of their fans. I you know, I, and we play New England in a couple of weeks, so it's going to be a good game. But New England's team, we always got to keep our eyes out for. There's always something shaky going to New England. Um, I don't agree or disagree. I'm gonna find out very soon in two weeks. I don't want to give these fans no reason to try to, you know, do something shicey to me or start provoking me. I know how it goes on the social media because I entertain it all the time. But you know. We're just going to keep it plain and simple. Tyreek Hill, I see where you're coming from, though, brother. You're old. You know what I'm saying? And Tyreek, please do never say you're lying again. Um, you, just stick to the cheetah, brother. You don't, you don't want nothing to do with this lying work. Before we sidetrack to that, I saw them comments, brother. Please stay away from the lying. And, and at least you did say you a baby lying. 
because to me, you'll be a cub, brother. And, I, and I'm going to just keep it real. And you know the battle's always back and forth between me and you, so I expect your response. You're going to say something stupid. And it's just going to keep leading up to that Christmas game, brother. So I'm going to see you real soon. And don't you worry. The Lion versus the Cheetah matchup is going to be very, 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 very soon, and I can't wait for it. Um, I would say the hardest fans to play in front of, though, I think is very underrated was the Viking Stadium. Skull Stadium was oh, the last two years when I played up there. Their stadium always has been very loud, very obnoxious. Actually, 49er country is pretty pretty tough, too. When we played that game up there um, in the Bay, that was pretty tough. So I would say my top two would be the 49ers or the Minnesota Vikings. Those are my top two teams and places where I was like, man, like, this is some for real stuff. So Dallas Cowboys Nation, we got to step up. We should have the most vicious, the most obnoxious, the most just nasty environment in the country, baby. AT&T Stadium, we got to turn it out every time. We got to get this thing lit. We got to go to a whole nother level. Uh, People should have us in a top three, top two. If not two, we always number one, baby. So we're going to have to turn this up. Um, And you know, the Dolphins got the win, but the best plays it was in the game was that blocked field goal by the Patriots. Uh, special teams usually always tend to edge out victories and stuff like that. Um, but this play right here was something really special. Um, that was very different. I don't think we've seen something like that before. Uh, Belichick always has something up his sleeve. So we got to watch out for them and what they do on special teams. And they had, you know, a lot of pro bowlers come away from their special teams. So I think we all need to take a look at what they're doing down in New England because it's always something special on special teams. And Belichick, he's just a master at this stuff. He's done it so long. He's found little sneaks and ass to add to his game. And this was really cool to see. Uh, I would love to see this stuff more. I'm I'm pretty sure Bones is going to have this on his slideshow on Wednesday. But if it's not, I'm happy to bring it up to him like hey did you see that because I think I can go do that you know I feel like I can do anything sometimes um but you know all jokes aside that was really cool to see and there was a lot of talks about Justin Fields and the Bears lost to the Buccaneers um that brings me to two questions is is uh they say you know there was enough time for Justin to make plays and things like that and can Justin's confidence be restored um we gotta remember this folks Justin Fields walked into a program and they're still rebuilding. Um, just because they got DJ Moore and they got these uh, pieces now, they still having trouble up front. They're still going through this and guys still have to get open. I don't think DJ Moore is going to completely turn around the organization and Justin Fields needs a little bit more help. I mean, they gave away Roquan Smith, who's an all-pro linebacker. They traded away Robert Quinn. Um, they didn't take Jalen Carter in the draft. They decided to go O-line to help their guy, but we have to remember they can't take we cannot put this type of weight on a young guy to say, hey, you have to change our program around. It's just unrealistic. Justin Fields has only been there. This is going into his third year. Um, it's just super unrealistic. Uh, there's so many things that needs to be added to that team. And there's and he's going to continue to grow with it. He's super athletic. He has all the tangible. His, his throwing is great. Um, he's fast. I mean, we can't, we can't just say to write him off yet, man. Justin Fields still needs time. Um, he's in the same boat as these other guys. Give him time, bro. Turning around the organization is very hard. We, everyone cannot be Tom Brady's of the world. 
Everyone cannot be a, a Joe Burrow of the world. And even Joe Burrow um, struggled his rookie year. He had a lot more success when he got his guy Jamar Chase back. Um, but we cannot just... We can, or Patrick Mahomes, but we can't just throw people in these caliber caliber eight tier quarterbacks and just say, "Hey, um, we expect this guy to do this because another team had it." That's just not how life works, guys. And I don't think we should always bash guys for that. Um, you know, there's there's classifications and everything. You know, there's always the elite tiers. There's good tiers. There's better tiers. There's good tiers. And Justin Fields is on his way to be a a, a very good tier. He just has a lot of time growing, and he has to add some more things around him. To, uh, to buy in. And I think, you know, the effort of his teammates need to show that too. I don't think uh, some people just come into games and expect to lose. Hey, we might not be good enough. And sometimes that hurts. That that leadership, someone on our team is going to have to step up and say, hey, guys, listen, who's going to be the guy that's going to do it this week? Who's going to be the guy to make the play? Who's going to be the guy that changes this game around? And I think that's a uh, kudos to our environment. The Cowboys is that, in our defense live room, we praise everyone. We say, who's going to be the guy? So I, we challenge each other every week, say, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the guy. And everyone in the room has that same mentality. So it shouldn't matter who's on the field. It's something that's built inside your organization. It's built inside your leaders. It's something that's going to have to be spoken about. Um, so whatever's going on in our organization, they're going to have to face that and get ready for that because we're going. they're going to need guys to step up, not guys that's going to go out there and half assing and trying to collect checks. They need guys that's going to go out there and give everything they got and say, hey, we're going to win this game and we're going to be the one to make the play. And that's what it's all about, guys. That's what it's like playing National Football League. Not guys that's just out there collecting checks. I mean, anybody can collect checks. But listen, guys, we do this for you. You, We do this for the fans. We do this for, you know, everyone who believed in us, our families. Um, And sometimes it means more to some and and it shows. And and for me, especially, every time you guys come to AT&T, I'm going to give my all. I'm going to go out that field and I'm going to die trying to give you guys everything I have because that's what I believe in and that's what I owe to my teammates my family and the uh, Cowboys organization because that's what it's really about and that's what we need to see. And on the flip side, the ceiling for Baker led the Bucks is uh, we might we might see this Baker comeback. And that's the truth about it. They upset the Vikings last week. Uh, it was a toss-up game between the Bears and the Bucks, But we still need to see more from Baker. It could be a, too early, but it's a potential to rise on a comeback. It's a potential that Baker could be saying, I got my fresh start. I'm... I fit in this system. Uh, he has great tangies around him with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, so this might be Baker's chance to say, hey, guys, listen, I can still be a elite player in this uh, National Football League and play good ball. We saw that from Baker. Sometimes a fresh start is all you need, and I'm glad to see that from him. Um, we should never wish the worst on no one. Uh, we should always wish the success, and uh, I'm glad to see what Baker's doing, and that's big. Um, talking about quarterbacks last week, I did mention that Brock Turdy was a top 15 quarterback. And yes, people are saying, oh, we want to see him play from behind. It shouldn't be overlooked. Sometimes you may never be from behind because your team's just that good or you're just that good. Uh, let's not just uh, put that down just because he's playing at a better level than most. Uh, Brock Birdie's top 15 right now. And some young QBs I'm looking at is uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, I thought Ritter played a great game last week uh, being the Packers. Um, and, you know, Anthony Richardson, he's showing a lot of flashes and he's looking great. Uh, he just got to learn to protect himself a little bit more, knowing that this is National Football League, can't always run and things like that, as we learned from guys like Cam Newton. I thought Cam Newton was dominating young and used his legs and things like that. But the toll over time, brother, um, and I thought that was very cool to hear Trevor Lawrence say 
to Anthony Richardson, hey, you got to learn how to get down. Uh, the league is a little different. Um, Trevor learning from early experiences and giving the knowledge to the young one, um, knowing that he can be very special. And that's what the game's all about. Uh, teaching the game to the young guys and getting them ready and understanding that, you know, this is different, you know. And uh, AR, protect yourself, brother. We want to see you on that field. We want to keep seeing you get better. Um, we want to see your longevity. It's not worth it. Throw the ball away. Get down. Whatever it may be. Um, just just don't just don't risk your career continuously run run when you have a chance and get down don't keep fighting um unless that game's on the line brother protect yourself and you're gonna have a bright future ahead in this league i think the top three hardest qbs current qbs to defend is obviously uh with number three i'm gonna have to say josh allen um josh allen is a top five guy um yes he makes a lot of mistakes but his his way to just extend plays, um, and yes, it turns to bite him because he just believes he's that guy. And he's just so courageous, and he can just throw it anywhere, and he can make them throws. And yes, we've seen him make them throws, and we see him do that. But also, we've seen that bite him. But the way he can extend with his legs, and he's almost trying to run guys over, and he gets excited about it, that's always scary. Like, that's scary. Like, the fact that we have a 6'4", 250-pound quarterback um, just coming out and just running, trying to run defensive linebackers over, defensive ends and even corners and say, hey, I'm here and I'm flexing on you and can also throw in the ball a uh, bazillion yards. Josh, we get it, bro. You're freaky. Like, come on, brother. I would say he's number three uh, hardest to defend. And number two, I would say Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar is the most explosive QB I think we've seen ever in the National Football League. Um, I don't think no one is on his speed level in terms of making people miss. Uh, his ability to throw the ball. I mean, Lamar can really do it all. And he's more explosive than Michael Vick. Like, he's a truly a creative player. And number one, obviously, is our reigning MVP, our top-notch number one quarterback. He'll probably go in the Hall of Fame right now with the stats and accolades he have. And that's Patrick Mahomes. I do not think uh, there is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes in the National Football League right now. And that's in terms of people don't realize how sneaky fast he is, how he can throw the ball any which way. He's dinking, dunking. He can make any type of throw. If you watched on his show, the quarterback show on Netflix, the way he's able to torque his body and just throw in any manner, I think that's what's scary. And he knows how to extend plays. He has legs and he can make any throw on the field. And he could throw the ball almost as good as Josh Allen or further. Like, come on, guys. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the most. I don't think we've ever seen a guy like Patrick Mahomes in the National Football League in terms of everything that he does. The things that he invented and thrown out in this league has been absurd so far. And it's always great to see him do well. Uh, Pat's my guy, man. Pat, you are the best quarterback in the National Football League, and, and there's no doubt about it. And uh, anybody who says different, they are obviously do not know anything about football, brother, and just keep being great and doing what you do. And before we look ahead, what everyone's talking about, and that's college football, and that's Colorado, okay? And the thing that I love about Colorado is primetime is doing it the way he wants to do it. He's doing it the way he likes to do it, and he's not letting anyone change his style. And I love it, bro. And I love it. Because anything in life, 
uh, when you're talking about that one percent and where you want to be at, you should always do it the way you want to do it, and you should love the way that you do it. You're the one that has to look yourself in the mirror and say, "I'm doing it this way, and I'm gonna be proud of it, whether it works or not." And if it doesn't work, you adjust. But if it does work, you keep freaking doing it. And prime time, keep freaking doing it. That was a great game this past weekend. Um, the adversity that they face, the environment, seeing all uh, Dwayne and Rock Johnson, seeing a sellout. Something that we never seen from Colorado before. We might literally be watching, witnessing greatness of a team of Colorado change a whole program around based off of one one person. Um, and that is something beautiful to see to see the support that people are giving Primetime, seeing the love and care and joy that he's bringing to this organization, the money that he's building uh, this university around. It's something really inspiring, and I think everyone should take notice of. Uh, everyone should take notice of this. Primetime is doing something that we have never seen before, and it's something so beautiful to see. And I think we should all appreciate what he's doing, and I think people should follow suit. And then also, you look at the way his son has been playing. His son's been playing at a Heisman level. I don't know if anyone expected this. I know there was a lot of hype about Travis Hunter and what he's capable of. But Shadur Sanders is a real deal. And I think he's giving Kayla Williams a run for his money. Uh, and it's something for her. The way he was able to knock out that two-minute drive backed up in that situation and then what he did in OT – uh, the focus, the dedication that him and his dad is putting in into that university is something really special. I don't think we'll ever see as great of a father-son duo in college football in a very, very long time. Uh, and I don't think people expected Shadur to be that good. Uh, I think people just said, hey, it's primetime son, and a lot of people slept on him. But hey, Shadur, I'm letting you know now, keep proving the people wrong. It's something special. You're doing what you need to do. And uh, we all can't wait to continue to see watch you guys' journey uh, over these next couple months and hopefully see you guys in a national playoff or a college football playoff because uh, you guys have a chance and I hope you guys make it. Um, one thing that really did throw me off was that hit on Travis Hunter. Uh, that was so malicious and dirty. Uh, I thought that guy should have got ejected. Uh, that was something that you hate to see in football. Uh, if you watch this, the ball's down. He let go of the play. And the fact that he went around his own player and hit Travis Hunter, that is malicious intent and super dirty. Uh, this guy doesn't deserve to be on no football league because at the end of the day, yes, we are competing and we want to compete the best within each other. But in the day in college and even in the NFL, we need to protect our brothers here, man. Listen, life is way bigger past football, but this this right here is not okay. Travis Hunter, uh, you don't deserve that, brother. You, you way bigger than this moment. And the one thing I respect about Travis, he tried to get back and fight and get back in that game. And that tells you a lot about the competitor he is, who he wants to be, and where he's going in life. And Trav, keep balling, brother. You doing something that no one's seen at the college level to be the efficient and as good as you are both ways in college football. Yeah, you doing your thing, brother. Keep going. Um, everyone's supporting you. And it boils down to this. Who do we got this weekend? Colorado, Oregon. Uh, it's going to be a great match. It's to see the adversity they had losing Travis and uh, fighting back and still winning that game, I'm still going to take Colorado because it's showing, hey, we're going to lose our best player. Hey, we we are going to go through adversity. Hey, everything's not going to be bright. There were so many flags and penalties on both sides, on both teams, and they still fought through it. 
And the better team always wins in those type of games. So, hey, I'm taking Colorado. Keep going, Shadur. Primetime, OG, triple OG. Hey, man, we, hey, everyone's supporting you. We're super happy for you. And hopefully I can even come down to Colorado one day and check it out because what you're building right now is, is, is something special. And tonight we got a Monday night football games. We got Saints versus Panthers, Browns versus Steelers. Uh, in, my, in my mind, the way the Saints looked, if we could get a nice Derek Carr, I'm going to take Derek Carr. Um, and, and the Saints, uh, they just look very good right now. We know their defense is always really good. And the way they played uh, last week and they dominated that defense and their back end is looking very special right now in New Orleans. As long as Carr can, can continue to keep getting better and figuring out that offense, uh, I'm going to take the uh, Saints in that matchup. And then the next matchup is the Browns Steelers. I'm going to take the Browns again. You know, uh, the Browns is a team... Even though we might not see a Mark Cooper, I would still love to see how Deshaun Watson continues to progress and, you know, continues to get better. Um, you know, Deshaun is just a guy that we haven't seen in a while and we're still learning to grow. He's still getting back into football. But just how good he was at the prime and premium of his career, I'm going to bet on them and their defense to hold up, uh, you know, pickings and the rest of their weapons, especially with uh, Deontay Johnson out. Um I think the Browns are going to hold up. I think they have the better roster. They have the better team. It's just about are they going to execute the same level as they did against the Bengals. And uh, it's going to be crucial to see how T.J. Watt does. Uh, T.J. Watt is a top five Ed rusher. If they can find a way to control T.J. Watt and keep him off of uh, Deshaun Watson, but if you let T.J. Watt ruin that game, T.J. Watt will ruin the game. That's what he did. And uh, if he had a better uh, support team last week, he would have ruined that game against the 49ers. Three sacks and two forced fumbles? Like, are we serious, bro? Like, if T.J. Watt finds a way to ruin this game, he will. Uh, it's just going to say how good is everyone else going to play. Uh, and can the Cleveland Browns, uh, slow him down. And that's going to be the epitome of it, and that's what it's all about. Can they slow T.J. Watt down and can Deshaun Watson get going without Amari Cooper with the weapons they have? Uh, and a uh, preview of next week before we wrap it up on the edge, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, we have the Dallas Cowboys versus the Arizona Cardinals. We can't overlook the Arizona Cardinals, okay? They had a lead on the Washington Commanders, and they had a lead on the New York Giants. They blew both them leads. So, obviously, this is a very good team and a very competitive team, uh, and we shouldn't overlook them. Uh, we're going to have to really bring everything together, be special, be great, and, and dominate them. I'm kind of similar with Josh Hobbs. By the end of the day, y'all know what time it is. We coming. We locked in. We focused. Don't you worry, Dallas Cowboy Nation. We got to put on, and hopefully we get another shutout. Um, there's no more talking now. Everything's locked in, laser focus, and it's hunting season. The line is ready to hunt. Um, I got a new prey on my mind, and it's Josh Dobbs. I'm putting him on a bulletin board. I'm throwing darts at him. I'm locked in. I'm focused. We coming. And it's serious. We're no more talking, no more playing around. We coming. So thank you, y'all. i see y'all next week in Arizona. Dallas Cowboy Nation, it don't matter where we are, where we go. We need y'all to come out and show out. Let's get straight to it. Let's get straight to business. It's hunting time, baby. Let's get it. And that's it for The Edge. I hope y'all loved it. Tune in. I can't wait to see you guys and talk to you guys next week on the hottest takes in the National Football League. And that's right here on The Edge. Let's get straight to it, baby. Thank you. Thank you.